That's a hockey, you know, it's only, it's only game. Why you have to be mad? You know why? Because bad things happen in Philadelphia. Bad things. What's up, you beauties? Welcome to episode 3.27 of High and Wide Radio, where we talk all things Philadelphia Flyers. I'm Jim, and as always, I'm doing... I'm joined by my co-host Jack Smith. Uh, Jack, we're doing a, a live episode, an intermission episode, Flyers Islanders. Uh, before we get to some of our topics, I would be remiss if I wouldn't remind you guys, please make sure you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Full Press Coverage app while you're listening to this episode, this live episode. Check out our site, hwhockey.net. You can find all of our old stuff there and some of our articles. You probably have to scroll back a little bit for some articles. It's been a while. But, uh, yeah, Jack, we could let's let's kick off real quick with tonight's first period. You happy with what you saw? I, outside of them scoring, they couldn't have been too much better, particularly from Carter Hart, which I was happy to see. There's definitely been some mistakes um, but for the most, and I think the Islanders were in our zone a little too much for me, uh, but it was as good as you could pretty much ask for. Um, it was a shame that they had a four minute power play that did not score. I wouldn't call it a bad power play. It definitely wasn't too good. Um, but for losing nine, nothing the way they did and playing the Islanders, who was a very good first period team to come out of that and be in a way. Come out of that, nothing, nothing, and Hart make two pretty big saves. They did find Iron twice, which makes you a little nervous. Um, it's something to build on, and at this point, you'll take anything. So if they can come into the second period saying, guys, the game's tied against one of the best teams in the league right now. Um, we just got to keep playing, got to keep moving, throwing the body around, and, hey, maybe we steal one here. And, uh, yeah, while nine, nothing's embarrassing, at the end of the day, if you got a win and a loss, that's all it is. You know, they can make us quickly forget about last night by, you know, honestly surprising everybody and beating the Islanders. You know, I'm glad you said that. And we're good. Don't, we're definitely going to overreact. I mean, you lose nine, nothing. It's not really overreacting. So we're going to get to that for sure. But I'm glad you just brought up that point, even though it was a nine, nothing loss. It's still just one game. It's still just one loss. It's no different if they would have lost one, nothing, you know? Uh, So good point there. They didn't look half bad in that first period. The power play is still, it looks like they're working out kinks. You know, it's its not where I'd really expect it to be, 27, 28 games into a season. Just overall puck movement. I know they had that four-minute power play. And when they're on power plays nowadays, I'm kind of just like, well, this is two minutes where the other team might not score, you know? like So that's <laughs> a plus. Um, they didn't look half bad in that first period. I am expecting the Islanders to come out a little bit better in the second. I'm not saying that was the Flyers' best shot, but you know they they, they weren't going to come out and play like they did last night. That's for sure. So, should be interesting to see how the rest of this game plays out. The Islanders are missing Anders Lee, their captain, um, so that's a big deal. Uh, if the Flyers can sneak out a win, it would be a a pretty good win. So, you know, come out of the first period zero zero. The Islanders are a good first period team. It's tough to be angry right now at this team tonight. If you want to talk about Last night, which we do, you watched that game, Jack. I I fortunately saved myself the misery, uh, and I did not watch. What the hell happened last night? You know, we couldn't pod 
podcasts as we normally do earlier in the week. And that was like part, that was probably mostly my fault with my scheduling. And uh, so I said to myself, I'm going to see this game through to the end. That's my <laughs> gift to the boys. And oh, my God, I couldn't believe they just kept scoring. And a game gets out of hand like that. You tend to look down at your phone. I was all over Twitter. I, I usually don't text that much on Twitter. I was uh, everything I could think of. I was commenting. I was liking. I was putting gif after gif after gif. I could not help myself. But like it was two nothing after the first. And you're thinking like, come on, man, it's the Rangers. And then Zabitajad ties an NHL record, three goals, three assists, natural hat trick, comes completely out of his shell. Now everybody's talking about the Rangers are going to like, and they very well could, they have the talent, um, start like making a run. So while we were worried about us dropping behind the Penguins, now we could legitimately see the Rangers like nip at our heels. And we, if we keep playing the way we were playing, we could drop us below them. And it's not yeah. that unrealistic. They have a lot of talent. If they start playing right, holy shit, man. And they could even, I've even heard now they're considering making a trade. Like it's early, but they could theoretically trade for like a defenseman or something and, you know, just try to make the playoffs and, you know, give their team that confidence or whatnot. Uh, on the contrary, when's the last time you heard the name Chris Knobloch or Gord Murphy? They were I mean, under Hack Flyers, right? They were under Hackstall mm -hmm. in that shit show. Now, if anything, I think this led to you better off having a team that wants to win and cares about winning and enjoys playing. Uh, they're better off with no coach. <laughs> I'm not, I don't think Knobloch came up with this great scheme or anything like that because what did he do here? Like nothing. He was an AHL guy. So mm -hmm. I, um, I, I just – I think it was more on the Flyers than it was the Rangers exploding. I think they completely – and you're seeing it now. We've been saying it all season. Everybody wants to hate on Hart, and he deserves this fair amount of hate, but we saw more than anything how bad this defense is, particularly Sandheim and Myers, who we really need to needed to lean on. Myers can't stay in the lineup. He gets in, puts up. They both had minus six game. Minus – oh, my God. It was absolutely embarrassing. Second period was – the game was the worst I've ever seen as a Flyers fan, and I'm not joking. I mean, outside of a heartbreaker like Game 6 of the 2010 Cup, like this was the worst played game. And I'm not surprised that some of the names are on this team it, were involved in that kind of game. I actually had to look up the biggest blowout in league history. It was 15-0. Detroit beat like – I think it was the Rangers, like back in the 60s or something, or 40s, something crazy. And I was like, they're getting close. Like the fact that they almost scored 10 and the Flyers had to shut them out in the third so they didn't was ridiculous. Um, one thing I will say, you and Kyle always say how you want that like uh, grittiness and giving a shit about your teammate. And I, I want that too. And I'm a little more concerned with some other things. Last night, how they did not throw really any hits or punching or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable. I, even me was like, dude, are you kidding me? They're they're embarrassing the shit out of you. Nationally televised game. And nobody I, gave a fuck. They're lifeless, man. They're, they like have no pulse. And, you know, we can dig a little deeper to try to find out where that comes from. Uh, me personally, I thought that a guy like Elaine Vigneault would change that. And in some ways, I thought that he did. Um, but, you know, how do you lose 9 nothing? How does and I'm going based off some Claude Giroux quotes, how does the whole team not show up for a game against the New York Rangers on national tel national television? How does that happen? 
Who's accountable for that? Who, I mean, you always go back to the captains, right? The leadership, the coaches, what the hell is going on? Right. I don't know. It's I get it because how many yeah. times did we say during the hackstall error, like this team never shows up for big games. Never. Like it's a winter classic or outdoor game. They get blown out. It's yeah. a big game against a division rival. They're, they're moving up in the standings. They get blown out playoff game blown out. You know, that's always been the narrative. And I put it all the time. I would put it on um, hackstall or guys like McDonald and what have you. And now I'm starting to see it's like the core of the team after that game. If I'm if I'm going full sky is falling, it's the core of the team. Um, There's no else to really turn. I, I mean, it, it, it's scary. It, I was at the point where I was just like, man, we really do need to completely shake shit up, and I'd be cool with it. And obviously, after a game like that, you you are just. <laughs> You're out of your gourd. Like you're just. This is. I cannot believe when we got blown out before under Hacksaw. It was against good teams. It was not against a team that we're expected to take. You know, take care of business to get back into the playoff race. The Rangers came out and spanked us. That's it. That's even. It's embarrassing against any team, but a team that you're supposed to handle, you don't even score a goal. You give up nine in two periods. Stop. That's oh my god. Six points in one period. Nolan Patrick has six points on the year. <laughs> a little bit crazy. Uh, so, yeah, let's get to some questions, comments here. Cousin Al, what's going on, Al? Four goals on 12 shots, defense or goaltending opinions. Jack, I'll let you start. I think if we uh, went earlier in the season, it's been a combination of defense and goaltending. It's been the big mar- narrative. Uh, a lot of heart hate, not necessarily bad, like not necessarily wrong. Last night's game was on the defense, in my opinion, completely on the defense. We saw how bad uh, uh, Myers and Sandheim were. We saw how bad everybody was, essentially. That team stopped caring. They made ill-advised pass after ill-advised pass. Uh, Breakaways on the power play, you know, like shorthanded goals. Like They just were completely hung out to dry, and it it was absolutely embarrassing. That was a perfect example of how bad this defense is, and it got to the point where it was like, are they even, should we even trade for anybody at this point? They need more than one guy and they can't just put anybody in there. Like three of the guys on the flyers, in my opinion, are not NHL defensemen, not starters, you know, ghost wasn't even in the lineup. So you can't even hate on him. Prosser and ghost were out for their rough Monday night yeah. in a win against the Rangers. So Myers and Sanheim, probably the worst pairing in a game that we've ever seen. And, I mean, even Provorov, he fell down on that one play that led to a breakaway. That was bad. You see, you see Drew's face after that one. Like everybody around the board played horribly, and I, I mean, I would put everybody on that lineup before the goalies. Honest to God, it, the announcers even said that. Uh, Jonesy said that. Uh, B- Bill Meltzer on Twitter said that. Like everybody was like, "Listen, we've we've talked about these goalies enough. This is one hundred percent on the defense. Almost every single goal, all nine of them were on the defense." Yeah, I mean, so you, the first guys you brought up there were Sanheim and Myers, and I just kind of want to get something out of the way here before we talk about Sanheim. So, Phil Myers, I think, is a guy we all like. And Flyers I still scored, by the way, Oscar Lindblom. Oh, oh, how about that one? Sorry. Man. All right. I had, to, had to throw that in there. Go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, Phil Myers, we said in the beginning of the year, we'd like to see more physicality out of him. You know, we'd like to see him get more comfortable at the NHL level. Uh, we had Kelly on an episode, 
I think before the season. And, you know, we talked about how he was, you know, physical and nasty with the Phantoms. We've yet to see that with the Flyers. And, you know, it was kind of no surprise that he was benched. Uh, what was it, a week or two ago? Was that last week that Vigneault specifically said he needs to be quicker to pucks and he needs to be more physical uh, in front of the goal and, and along the boards? And it's like, all right, you know, I'm not sure if that's the right way to go about things. I, you would imagine that, you know, the this has been brought to his attention before the benching. I, I just want to know your thoughts on what's happening with Phil Myers right now and, you know, what you expected from him before the season and how you think things are going for him so far. I think I and a lot of people expected him to step up and play and be Provorov's partner. And him and Sanheim can't even do what they did last year. And that's very head-scratching. Like, you should see, I mean, I'm sure you have, how bad that everybody's talking about Sanheim and Myers right now. And it's easy to do that with how bad they've played this season, um, but mainly last night. And we were talking about these guys are must-protects in the Seattle expansion draft. You know, I've said how good Sanheim should eventually be, should get to, but I don't think that should change. But I don't blame people for thinking otherwise or starting to like people who've been long defenders of these guys been like, um, uh, maybe they're not as good as I thought they were. Maybe they're not ready or maybe we shouldn't go all out to protect them or whatnot. I think this team needs that veteran presence on defense and that Niskin and they need that. Um, well, let's get into. So before I uh, kind of dig into Sandheim a little bit here, because that kind of ties in with one of the questions we have. Um, from Dom here, does Ekholm honestly fix the major issues with this team? And, you know, obviously, uh, Dom brings up Ekholm because his name's been involved with a lot of trade talks. The Flyers apparently linked to the Predators. And, uh, what do you think about that, Jack? Are the Flyers, are they so far away from just needing one player or are you kind of in the mindset where it's like, you know, add a guy, like it can't hurt to get better. Why not add him now? You know, and, and, you know, you could still look forward to next season while also trying to get better now. What are your thoughts? Uh, I think it's a major step forward. I think they need more than one defenseman, but adding a legitimate defenseman like that who can play with Provorov, I don't think it just fixed your defense. I think it fixed some of your offense, getting the puck out of the zone, um, you know, and not just dumping it, like actually getting a counter rush and getting set up and all that. Uh, passing out of the zone. I think it helps with that. I think it helps your penalty kill potentially. I don't think they need him on the power play. Um, he just rang one on fire and that was close. Um, I think it helps your goalie too, which is a major thing as well. So I think that one piece at that being that good uh, helps multiple facets of your team. So overall it's a big change. It also should help the confidence of the team. It's the GM saying, yeah, we're not, we're not punting on the season. You guys can win. I'm just, I'm getting you the help. Came a little bit late, but I'm getting you the help because I know you guys can do it. So show me because I got I did what I had to do. There's no more, oh, fire Fletcher or any of that bullshit. So I think it's a, it lights a fire. It installs uh, confidence, and it helps every facet of the game. But he Fletcher's not done at that point. They could definitely add another guy. And then, you know, you're always looking to improve your team, but it should definitely be a message to the Flyers, a good message, but also a challenge too. Uh, and I think um, – I think we go a long way to salvaging this season. Plus, you could try to keep work something to keep him long term at home. So it's yeah. a win win in my mind. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Yeah, if 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 you make a move like that, it, if you're on this Flyers team and you're looking at uh, Eric Gustafson, Shane Goss, Goss has been playing 
better offensively. But if you're looking at Gustafson, Gossespear, Haig, Braun, you know, and you just know that this is not a good top six defense. You know, doesn't that demotivate you a little bit? It's like, Jesus Christ, like these guys can't play defense and their position is defense. So going out and getting a guy like Ekholm, maybe that does create a little bit of a spark. Maybe it does make you a little bit more excited to come to the rink knowing that you got a guy back there, a guy that you can pair with Provorov on the top line. Another thing I wanted to mention is Provorov just kind of looks like, what the hell, right? He, he looks very, very frustrated out there. Um, I think last night, did I, I think it was last night, he was paired with uh, Braun on the top pairing. Yeah, like, give me a break that. with that. Could you imagine, dude? Like, come on, like, go get him a top pairing guy. They're not going to make any noise this year. Um, Dom's follow-up question here, does he patch the problem or does he fix the problem? I think he's part of the solution to the problem. I'm not sure if he fixes it right now. I think they have some more kinks they got to work out. The team defense overall on this on this roster is is crap right now. And and it doesn't really make sense to me, Jack, because it's not a new system, I don't think. They're still playing the same system. So to have defensive trouble in year 2 after steadily progressing in year 1, it's kind of baffling to me. I, I just don't get it. Like, what happened? These guys, you know, is it is it because Limblom and Patrick are in the lineup after missing a year? Like, are they holding things up a little bit? Or, you know, Travis Konechny forget what he's supposed to do on the, defensively? Because he played well last year. I, it, it kind of baffles me a little bit the how bad they look compared to how good they looked at this point last season. You know, it's, it's the biggest anomaly to me, though, is – Sanheim and Myers, because that's the pairing that never changed. That was there last year, um, especially when they're together. Provorov needs – he doesn't have Niskin anymore. He We see his issue. Hag, Braun, Gustafson, Ghost even. Defensively, nobody's ever been impressed with them. So I they just – you know, Ghost has been pitching in offensively. I'll give him that. But the other three, just <laughs> – you can live, live or die without them. Like, you don't need them. So yeah. Sanheim and Myers, like, I don't I don't understand what happened. They look like completely different players this season. You know, the few games, maybe they play good, but the idea that Myers can't stay in a lineup, what? You know, yeah. Sanheim making, like, all sorts of mistakes, looking like McDonald at sometimes. Like, where did this come from? I know they weren't, like, the best defensemen all the time, but we just, like, they're young, they're learning. But this season's, like, four steps back for both players. And like you said, nothing changed. So, like, why? Like, I don't understand. That is the biggest, uh, you know, thing for, in, for me with the defense. I don't know why they're shockingly suddenly so bad. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, we knew some of the issues with some of these young D coming into the season. And as far as Sanheim, he just, it's frustrating because he's shown small flashes of, wow, this guy can fly. He can, you know, get the puck through the neutral zone quick. He can get to the net given the opportunity. But at the same time, you look on the other end of the spectrum. If you pressure this kid, he's going to cough the puck up. If you put a body on this kid, you're, you're going to separate him from the puck. You know, he doesn't do well under pressure, and he's not the biggest guy. Like, for God's sakes, eat something. Like, Christ. Like, it's yeah. not hard to push these guys off the puck and get them out in front of the net. Like, you can body this team. You know, that's why, as is, if they make the playoffs, they're just going to get bullied around. They're going to get pushed around. They're not 
I don't know how how else to they don't have their man bodies yet. I hate to say it, but like, how can you be 23 years old and still be a string bean? Like, come on, like for God's sakes, you know, eat a fucking steak. Um, let's get to another question here. So Manny kind of followed up Dom here with getting in the playoffs in doubt. Does it even make sense to get Ekholm? A trade should have uh, been pulled three weeks ago. What do you think, Jack? I mean, we kind of talked I mean, about it a little bit. They should have added a defenseman three months ago. I mean, I'm not talking about <laughs> Gus either. Uh, yeah. I, I agree with the end of that at most. Like I've said so many, like they cannot wait. Like they need to do it now before we slip in the standings. We had admitted we're getting by winning. Our record is good, but we're not happy with how they're playing. Like we're not. You know, there was too many overtime wins against teams we shouldn't have been in overtime with. They've let games slip away. You know, they've outscored teams, which we know we can't do. And now it's finally catching up with them, and they're sinking like a stone in water. And it's because they Fletcher didn't – I know it's not as easy to make it sound, but they when you don't do anything in the offseason besides add Gustafson, like what do you expect? You put all your time and effort into training for Line, although now I'm hearing that he was trying and nobody was available. But, you know, other teams made plenty of moves, so I don't know how much I buy that. I think they were a little too concerned with the Seattle expansion and that's what really held and the flat cap. And that's what held them back. And some of that's legit, but ultimately you make the big bucks for a reason. This is, you got to figure it out because the, the, the guys who are really good at this always do. Um, does it make sense now for them to do it? I don't think they're far enough out of it where they shouldn't consider it, especially with some of the rumor prices we've been hearing. Um, and maybe they, it's a bigger deal than we realize. Like I said, they can use two guys. They can use another guy at forward, honestly, um, if you can keep the guy past this season, I think it's worth it. it I, I mean, you don't sell the farm obviously, but like Ekholm's what? 31. Like he could yeah, play 30, 31. Yep. So he could play another four years at a pretty decent level, at least stabilize his defense. Uh, I'd be more than happy with that. Look how well, what's his name is for the Islanders here. Um, he was with the devils. Uh, they traded him last year. Uh, green, Andy green. Like he was pretty good. Was he like thirty-five years old? Like <laughs> he's fucking old, man. Exactly. Chara's. Like, I know he's a little bit of a different breed, but like the, some of these defensemen that you're not, you know, relying on to do all sorts of shit, you could have, and they could stabilize, and their their defensemen. Ekholm had a Stanley Cup run. They were what? They went in what? Twenty seventeen, the Nashville Predators they, against the Penguins. Yeah. So like yeah, he's, he's got, got experience. experience. I know it's not Niskin in with a ring, but it's pretty close. Like he's had playoff success. He's played on a team that's known for very good defense. You know, the best you get out of him is a couple of good seasons of strong play and then some so-so, but you got that veteran leadership. I'll take that all day long. This These young kids need everything they could get. That's great points. And if you want to talk about Fletcher a little bit more, because I was kind of on his side. I was trying. I could see things the way – you know, that he was seeing them. The excuses that he was giving, I was kind of like, okay, well, they make sense, you know, because you figure with the Flyers roster, one player or two players, because they lost Pitlick too. Niskanen and Pitlick, okay, they lost two guys. Pitlick, I, you would assume you could easily easily replace. Niskanen, you knew was going to be a loss, but we didn't realize how big of a loss, right? And now we're seeing that, and, you know, hindsight, I guess, is twenty twenty. But it's like, wow, you were afraid to lose Sanheim and Myers, so you decided not to improve the roster? Like, there were ways to improve. They just didn't. They're paying three guys, Braun, Haig, and Gustafson. The money that they're paying those three players, they could have used on a top four guy. They could have spent and actually – I just – 
I have a lot of issues with Chuck Fletcher right now. It kind of just feels like he's mailed this season in, you know, and I know things aren't going the way that maybe they expected, but when you don't make any significant moves, what do you really expect? You know, did you, this team wasn't going to be better than last year because on paper they're worse. So it doesn't make sense. And you know, no, they definitely weren't going to be better. They didn't do anything. They didn't add anything. Augustus not it. Um, it's funny when Fletcher first came here and he had all the cap room in the world and, you know, he had guys he could move and make more. So he was like this, this wizard, you know, and I still love the ghost or the ghost, the Gus, the goodest for, um, Niskanen trade. And that got some people shit on that at the time. I was like, I, I love that trade. What a you know, goodest. He brought some grit at times. I've also seen him completely take games off and call it in, you know? So yep. I was okay losing him. But the fact that we were getting Matt Niskanen back, I'm like, dude, this guy's pretty friggin' good. He's it was a good player for the Penguins, and he was he won a cup with the Capitals, and they thought he was trending downwards. And you know, I'm like, maybe he is. He's getting older. He had a pretty bad head injury, and he ended up being great for this team. He was awesome. Flyers scored again, baby. Up two nothing. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, You know what I love the most? Matt Niskanen decided to turn down five million dollars. To not play on this team one more year. <laughs> oh, you think it's on the team and not him? A little bit. I mean, like, who knows what it's like in that locker room? He doesn't seem like he fits in that locker room. You know, like when you when you watch Niskanen's interviews, he's totally different. You know, like he goes about his business. He's there. He's there to work and nothing else. When you listen to some of these other guys, I'm thinking of like Voracek's press conference a couple months ago. It's like. Dude, why do you care about what you care about? Just go play. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, uh, I, you know, I, I'm I'm sure it was, you know, he doesn't want to play hockey anymore. But it's like, well, if it was more fun to go to work, maybe he would have wanted to play for one more year and made $5 million. Who doesn't need $5 million, you know? Yeah, that's tough. I, I don't know. He did have that pretty bad head injury um, a couple of, you know, like two years, but right before he came to the Flyers, essentially. Um, you know, maybe he, I don't know. We don't know the personal stuff. I, I thought I read that he wasn't a big fan of the whole bubble scenario and COVID still oh, going yeah. on during this year and all that maybe. And he's figures like he might've already been considering it even before he came to the flyers. He must've thought I made a lot of money. I have a cup. I'm coming towards the end of my career. He did get traded and he's, you know, maybe you thought oh, I'll give it a go. And then all the COVID should happen. It's like, you know what? Let me just hang him up. You know, I mean, once you're done, you're done. So that's well, sort of. Um, that's true. Not half the. I think uh, was it Kyle Long just retired from the Bears and then just signed with the Chiefs. So yeah. I guess that's yeah. So I guess that's not a thing. But um, it doesn't sound like he's going to do that. He, I think he's done. I don't think you do it because you're upset because he's only had a year left. If he was yeah. really truly loved the, you know, he could. This is a shortened season too, so he could have went through one more year, hit free agency, and went wherever the hell he wanted to. Really, so I, yeah. I think he was done. Let's take a look at this uh, question here from Manny, our good our good buddy Manny. If the Flyers Thank sell you. at the deadline, teams will call for Scott Lawton. What would you look for in return? Plus, we can resign him as a UFA and not have to protect him. What do you think? Is Scotty Lawton going to be uh, trade bait? Uh, it depends on what we're getting back. I would consider it. I, I love Scott Lawton. Um, however, we've talked about at some point this guy's going to price himself out of the Flyers because a lot of teams are going to like him. If he can see um, – you know, I'm going to make more money in Elmer six free agency. I'm a former first round pick from 2012. I had a little bit of the rough go. He might on one hand say the Flyers stuck with me and I owe them, but, or he could say, I didn't really get to make some money. 
you know, because I didn't, I kind of came up a little bit later. I was a fourth liner, proved I'm better than that. Might be best to, if somebody offers it, trade and either acquire some draft assets and then use that to get a defenseman or flat out just trade him for a defenseman. Because as much as I like him, us getting legitimate defensemen in here is just so much more important. It'd be a waste like, to have them and not have the defense. Yeah, they got to get in some guys that can play defense. That's for sure. Um, I'm a Scott Lawton's probably my favorite player on this Flyers team. Love the, I love his game. Love the way he plays. He's like a uh, Swiss Army knife. You can put him on any line, and he'll do what he's got to do. If you put him on the second line, he'll score some goals. Put him on the fourth line, he'll grind. Um, I think this team needs more players like Scott Lawton. Not necessarily a guy that you can put on the second line, and he'll score a bunch of goals. But just guys that can play with his intensity. You know, he has a. I, I know he takes dumb penalties from time to time, but they need energy guys. You know, like you lose nine nothing, and it's because you don't have any energy guys. It's all guys that that can skate and score. You know, and when you don't have a guy that's going to score every other game, when you're scoring by committee. You're not going to, you know, there's going to be nights when you know, the other team just shuts you down. You need guys that can play the body, that uh, that can grind you down a little bit. We're, we're playing the Islanders tonight, so uh, we lost to them in the second round last year. We know all about that. Uh, the Flyers are an easy team to grind down. And here's our buddy Kyle joining us. Kyle, what's up? Can't hear you yet. But, uh, yeah, we're talking about the a little bit about the loss last night. Uh, the Flyers, uh, Manny posed a question how Scott Lawton could be trade bait at the deadline. Would you trade him? Would you not trade him? I'm going to, and this is not very, not really biased because I like Scott Lawton, but I would try to keep him depending on, you know, I think right now you have to know kind of what he wants, you know, to, to resign. I would bring him back for another two year deal. Yeah, I mean, if they can keep him in the short term, all about it. If you we want him long term, this is the question I was going to pose to you guys. Um, and it's kind of like, where do you think this team is better if they somehow get rid of a contract like Borchex? They keep Lawton long term, and they bring in a defenseman, like what, or they keep Borchex. Like, what do you think is you know, or they do move Lawton in something else and do get that defenseman, or or just let Lawton walk at that point? I don't know. They have to. It depends on the rest of their their lineup and their decision making with the salary cap. But I know how you guys feel about it. But I'm going to pose the question anyway. I think Voracek off this team that eight and a quarter million dollars, and you get to resign Lawton at a decent price for longer to be that energy guy you're talking about, who's now a veteran presence, who does exactly what you said. He's like Raffle on steroids, you know, just plays anywhere in the lineup, does whatever you need, uh, and then you add a defenseman on top of that who can actually play defense. I mean. That would do wonders for this team compared to Vorchek's turnovers and whatnot. I don't want to hear where the points going to come from. They're going to come from all over. Don't worry about it. You know, have you heard this guy? His name Joel Farabee. We'll be just fine. Stud, stud yeah. Farabee. Absolute stud. Kyle, can you? Does your mic work yet? Can you hear me? There nope. you go. Come again? <laughs> I don't, dude. My my uh, freaking internet's still telling me it's not responding. Uh, we got you on here. Don't worry, buddy. Uh, <laughs> if the Flyers were able to rid themselves of Jake Voracek's contract, I would party like they won the Stanley Cup because so many endless possibilities would open up if that happened. He's clogging up this salary cap for the next four or five years, is it? And, dude, I think he's – a. again, I'm going to say this because everything we hear 
He's a great guy, nice guy, blah, 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 fun guy to be around. Dude, he stinks in that locker room. He's ruining that locker room. This is a team where we said before, the vets on this team and the the young guys on this team, there's too much of a gap. There's a bunch of 30-year-old guys and a bunch of young 20-year-old guys. And these older 30-year-old guys are not the example, I think, that you want these younger kids, you know, looking up to, you know. And it's just like something's got to change, and it's one of those guys. And it's not going to be the captain. They got to figure out a way to move Jake somehow, some way, man. Because I think he just rubs off negatively on the other, on the younger guys. Well, you want to keep the uh, the young guys we do have now that are good. Um, sure. I'm okay if you move a Konechny for something. Um, you got to resign Coots. Coots has been good this year. I mean, I know he's been perfect, but I he needs to stay. You know what's Voracek bringing? I mean, just last night, you know what our third line was. It was Voracek, Drew, and Raffle. I remember back in like 2015 when that was our top line. You know what I mean? Like those days are over. We're done. Like it, I got, I like Drew for a, a ton of different reasons. He's more of this strong, silent type, and that's fine. He can play anywhere. Voracek, for what he provides at this point and what he gives back in the points that he produces, uh, it's not worth the, the money he's making. It's just not. So it's, it's like you can do so much more, as you said, the opportunities that would open up with all that money and what you you need to resign and whatnot. Yeah, I would do it in a heartbeat. And there's so many people who don't feel that way, and it's 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 head scratching. I don't know why people are. Uh, I don't know why they're emotionally attached to some of the players on this roster. Uh, there was a conversation. There was a Twitter. Thread you mean like ghosts? Like why? Like what? What do you like? <laughs> I don't get it. Like these are the same people that are telling you like. When Ghost is playing bad, you can't trade him because you can't sell low, right? Like, why sell low on a guy when there's some potential there? Now he's playing well. You know, you saw the tweet by Jordan Hall earlier. Uh, yeah, but just offensively, he's playing well. It's it's amazing how they, they forget about the defense completely. Yeah, and, and dude, he's not going to help you win games offensively, but he can sure as hell help you lose a game with his mistakes. <laughs> so it's like... Dude, trade him while he's playing well. I just don't get it. And they're like, no, you can't trade him because he's playing good. I'm like, then what? What are we doing here with this guy? Because he stinks. I just, dude, it drives me a little bit nuts. Three nothing, same- baby. I guess we just scored two. Fucking Jake. <laughs> get out, really? Yeah. One time, yeah, exactly. beauty of a play. Uh, Maybe Jake, I can understand the emotional him. connection. Trade him now. He, he's he's got value. Trade him. <laughs> <laughs> Scored against the Islanders. Get out of here. Yeah. I think the, the, the biggest problem I have with the whole attachment to Voracek or trade Voracek talk is people come up with these ridiculous scenarios to get rid of Voracek. And I, somebody had him trading Voracek to, I don't even know, Las Vegas. And I'm like, Vegas has $70,000 worth of cap room. Yeah. How the <laughs> fuck are you pulling that off? <laughs> yeah, they send a, uh, Petrangelo back. Like, <laughs> how the hell is that money going to work? But, yeah, we I mean, all of your best I think people are all of our worst players. I think they're afraid. <laughs> There's so many people. The first thing they say, well, how are you going to replace that point reduction? I think it's those people that are like, oh, you don't understand. And it's like, listen, I could understand the argument like three and a half years ago. But now, come on, man. It's time. Like, let's move on here. I'm okay keeping Giroux. His contract's about to be up. He resigned him for cheaper. You know, flop with him and Coots or something and just rid Jake's contract. That money goes elsewhere, particularly on defense. And, yeah, you're in a much better spot than you are right now. Dude, what I don't get is you're replacing 60 points. The Flyers have a roster of 
you know, 50, 60 point players. You're not fucking trading Wayne Gretzky over here, point production. Like the dude was a point per game player twice in his career, right? And he and he hasn't won jack shit. Um, you, so here's the thing, too. And I know a lot of uh, my misplaced anger lately has been uh, against the the nerds of hockey, the calculator jockeys, the analytics crowd. Dude, just because a guy puts up points does not mean he's good for your team. Like any, you go look around the league. There's a sixty point players a dime a dozen. Like they really are. Uh, you know, you guys put up points. Uh, you ever hear of Jeff Skinner? Yeah. He put up a lot of points, and they paid him $9 million for eight years. <laughs> How's that working out? Well, yeah, I'll hit, hit, hit the nail on the head right there. Flyers uh, Flyers culture, we love average players. That's what it is these days. You know what man. it is? It's, and, Jimmy, you've said this. It's it, average, yes, but it's also the, the, the two-way center thing. You know yeah. what I mean? We don't, there's no, like, stud superstar, you know, all offense or whatever. It's just the guy he's got to be able to pitch in everywhere. And it's like having a B player for every stat. You know what I mean? Yep. There's never, there's no A pluses anywhere. And I just too many of those guys makes your team that. And then you're not good enough to, you're a bubble playoff team. True. Kyle, you had something you wanted to pitch in there? Yeah. The biggest issue I have with the analytics crowd is I don't know what Jake's Corsi is, but I'm sure it's okay <laughs> to pretty good because he drives play. He, grabs the puck and he skates 37 strides into the fucking uh, offensive and zone and then turns the puck over. But nobody ever wants to count that stat. And you don't see reason. him again until like the third period or five games later or something. I told you that they manipulate the numbers to tell the story they want to tell. How about the one with Ghost? Uh, he has the most goals for any, any NHL defenseman. I think it's five since like a, a date that they chose. It's like, yeah. I don't know, March, February something. I'm like, Okay, um, uh, Zabitajad has the most points, goals, and assists <laughs> since the second period of last night. You know, I mean, does that make him the best player in the league? Like, you know, and then they just completely disregard any defensive gaffes that Ghost has. Has does he belong in this lineup? Yeah, but that's more so how, how bad everybody else is. Like, he's he's probably the best option to play with Provorov at this point. That's not saying much. It just is what it is with this team. You know, and it, it doesn't make him good all of a sudden. If he pitches in occasionally offensively, I'll take it. But his defensive issues are so bad. Like, come on. Dude, that's 4.5. When I see Ghost, I see 4.5. Get it off the cat, man. Spend it on a real defenseman. Get Provi a defensive partner. Get Sandheim a partner. Let Myers kind of, you know, ease his way in on the third pairing. Let him work his way up again. Let's be honest. He's not a second pairing D right now. Eventually he will be. Could be a top D. Well, you know, neither him or Sanheim are right now. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, I, so I'm thinking, like, we saw last year. I mean, Chuck worked it out pretty well last year. You got Provorov Niskanen. Braun and Sanheim, I thought, played okay. But it was always kind of like, well, Myers is eventually going to pass Braun, you know, and play on that second pair. And I think he needed to do something similar this year. And, you know, we got Eric Gustafson and uh, a shell of the old Braun. What tag out? Four right? weeks? Is he? I didn't see. I didn't see that either. I think he's out two to four weeks. Oh, well. Well, he could probably Huge use Huge loss. <laughs> <laughs> so our buddy Amadeo uh, chimes in here. The value in trading ghost is in the cap relief, and I could not agree uh, with more. With the flat cap error, 100%. Yeah, it is what it is. But that's why I wanted to bring up some of the trade rumors I've been hearing. I don't know what you guys have been hearing. We brought it up on Full Circle, and 
uh, this was repro- reported by Snow the Goalie, which is Anthony Sanfilippo, and I. He's his content is great. It's Rush Joy, great content. Friends of the pod, and, and um, they basically reported we had heard that Patrick would be involved, a first round pick, and um, either a prospect or another pick. They were saying that they were offered offering uh, Eckholm and Victor Artitson and uh, for and they were going to keep some money. And the names they they wanted multiple high picks. So I'm thinking first round pick, maybe even two. Um, and then like Ghost or Gustafson to make the money work. And that's where I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hmm. Why? I mean, maybe if they took three first round picks, they take Gus because they can just cut them. Why the fuck would they want Ghost? Like, I'm why would they want both Ghost and Gus? Like, it's like, well, Jesus if, if Christ, why getting, do you want to do that to yourself? Well, if I was getting, yeah, well, I don't know if it was both or one or the other, but like, if at least with Gus after this season, you just let him go and you get three yeah. first round picks, you know, if, that's, if that's what the high picks are, but ghosts, like, why would, why would you want his contracts, you know, for maybe they go for the whole change of scenery thing, but I'm like, you're, you're going to cut, or you're going to let Ekholm and more pieces go. And that's your, that you're going to bring that back. Like, uh, I don't, I if I'm a Nashville fan, I'm pretty pissed. Yeah. I could see yeah. Ghost going to Nashville, though. I could see him. I could too, but like for a seventh, they paid yeah. a lot for PK Subban. <laughs> yeah, look how true. quick they got rid of him too. And we spent two, three years there. <laughs> Who else Who do they have down there besides? Million dollars? Uh, they got another guy down there besides Ryan Ellis that that can play deed. Oh yeah, Roman Yossi. Yossi. Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. only the guy who's in the running for friggin' <laughs> best defenseman of the year every year. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I still think Shea Weber plays down there. I just forget because they just churn out the fence like it's nothing. Yeah. Even that kid Fabro is very good. Well, Maybe didn't they a different they Weber play over there? Yannick? Yannick? Yeah. Why don't I was surprised nobody? I don't even think he's got a contract right now, does he? <laughs> <laughs> I like that you're surprised that nobody went and got that guy and he's just not playing in the NHL on March yep. 18th. <laughs> Like, but meanwhile, we have Gustafson. Yeah, like, three million dollar Gustafson. Dude, no, that's an that's a problem, man. I mean, if Chuck can pull that off for Ekholm, I might forgive him a little bit. Because right now, I'm I'm angry at him. Yeah, I, I mean, have, if, uh, I don't I don't want them to try to make a run. To be honest with you, what do you want to see? Well, the thing I like about I want to see him prepare for next year. Yeah, I mean, trading. yeah, I understand trading trading um, uh, pieces we don't want, but like, I'd be okay getting Ekholm, and, and especially if Gus and Ghost were involved, because we're okay with them not being with us going forward. Um, Ekholm could be here for four to five more years after we acquire after this season, probably be four years after this season, um, which would be fine with me because he's an, a veteran defenseman who's had playoff runs, Stanley Cup runs, and knows how to play defense. You know, and then there's more to be done, but. At least that money that we lost from Ghost and Gus, that's like seven and a half million dollars, is being either freed up to get somebody else or going into Ekholm. And that's a good thing. And then you figure out the expansion. They could figure it out. But there's no doubt in my mind that, that he can make trades and trade somebody who's going he's gonna lose or just give Seattle something else. So there's options, but I, I wouldn't look at a guy like Ekholm as they're just going for it for this year. Uh a guy like Savard might be like that, unless they resigned him. I don't I don't know. So I just don't want them to trade the farm. There's nobody worth trading the farm for. What the hell? What's our farm? Cam oh, York? Yes. <laughs> I mean, technically, yes. Technically, if they, 
Don't that, take that Cam be, York. Yeah. There's your fucking farm. Yeah, well, I mean, I kind of like Zamula. I don't. I don't think he's a top four guy. I trade him. I oh, I would too, absolutely. But if, if when I say farm, it's like Frost, Zamula. Uh, I trade Frost. York. I, I would too, but I'm not not for. Peanut. There's two players. There's two players in our system outside of who's playing on the team. Obviously, with like Coots and those guys that I wouldn't trade at this point. And that's wisdom because I just don't know what he's going to be. And I don't want to get rid of him at this point. And Cam York. And that's don't it. Forget, the rest of them can fucking go. Who's the other? Uh, Denoye? Was that his name? I haven't heard <laughs> much of him. <laughs> <laughs> All of them can go. Yeah, you, I mean, that's how you're feeling, huh? This is this is a day after the nine nothing beat down. Uh, to be honest, with you, I was all about trading Frost in the line eight deal. I didn't give a shit. You know what I mean? I would I would have moved him too. I think you, you know? can get a nice haul for Frost. I just think that they need to start figuring out how to build a different team because this team ain't gonna win shit. Period. They're not. They don't have any heart. They don't have they they have some skill, but they don't really play every period. It's just time that they decide, okay, we need to build an actual culture here because we've been saying for years now, what is it? What are they? Are they fast team? No. Are they good defensively? Not really. Are they good offensively? Are they a power play specialty team? No, none of that. So what the fuck is the identity at this point? They're the – You got the give the- up <laughs> – <laughs> fucking nine goals against the shit ass New York Rangers team. That's what they are to me right now. Yeah, uh, they're the spontaneous powder puff girls. As well, as well, yeah, they can win a defensive game, get blown out, and then they're soft. And they're completely it, soft. Nine nothing, and there wasn't even so much as a cross checking or a roughing in the third period. That was embarrassing. Like I couldn't stand that. Send a fucking message. I don't care that that era of hockey's fucking dead because it ain't dead for anybody else in the league just the flyers every other fucking <laughs> team in the league fighting's up 30 percent, but the flyers have had two this entire fucking year you think it's a coincidence they suck no <laughs> they yeah, have no heart they have no physicality did. yeah and i just saw somebody i think somebody from the flames knocked out somebody from the oilers and it was like a great fight i'm like we could probably use that right now especially when Do you're a division rival since 1967 has is embarrassing you, and you're a playoff team in a win now mode, and they're rebuilding. Not even a rival from 1967. Shit, just a what five years ago, if that. That when the Capitals went up seven nothing, we were like, fuck it, we're just gonna start beating the shit out of people. Yeah, and you know what? You entertained me. I came back from next game. I haven't even turned on this fucking Islanders game because I could give two shits what they do. I could give two fucks. I don't care. They could win against the Islanders. They're still not going to make the playoffs. I don't care. Yeah, because they'll bounce back for a game or two and be back to the same shit. Yeah. Well, I was. This was. You know. Go ahead. If I was AV yesterday, I wouldn't have even have came out to the fucking bench in the third period because clearly <laughs> nobody's fucking listen. Nobody's listening. Imagine? Why the fuck am I going to stand here if nobody's going to fucking let me coach? I would. If loved I can't that. fucking coach. Fuck it. Why am I here? I'm being paid to coach a team that doesn't want to be coached. Fuck them. I'm going to hang out in the locker room and drink some martinis. <laughs> Here's a that question. That would be a cool team on the bench with a martini. It's a fuck this shit. <laughs> <laughs> question uh, for Kyle here. So I, I had put out a tweet, and I think before you got on, I mentioned how I'm just angry, and I'm mostly angry at the analytics people for 
kind of telling us how you should build a hockey team. But, uh, you know, how, what do you, do you have anything to say to the people that told you in the offseason that the Flyers didn't need a Corey Perry? They didn't need a Zidane Char. They didn't need a Matt Martin. Do you have anything you want to say to those guys? Because clearly they, they could have used one or two last night. Yeah, you look stupid. To anybody who knows the sport of hockey, everybody who says, oh, you know, toughness isn't a thing. You don't have to have goons. No, you don't have to have goons. Nobody has goons in the NHL with the exception of Las Vegas. Ryan Reeves is the only actual goon in the NHL that's left. That's it. It's Ryan Reeves, and I think San Jose called up Curtis Gabriel to be their goon for a little while. But that's that's it. And we had you Gabriel know? last year. We did. And he never even got a cup of tea in the NHL. Nope. And so, he's not that good of a player for the record. And he's only up with San Jose to do one thing and that's fight. And San Jose is not going to make the playoffs either this year. So it is what it is, but you really do look dumb when you're just basing your hockey knowledge off of analytics and you don't need physical players. You, and, and when you're basing hits off of fucking Robert Hag, what's getting 10 hits a game, but what are they two are actual fucking hits? Three, well, here's what, here's what they're gonna here's what they tell you right after. Oh, the only reason he gets hits is because he doesn't have possession of the puck. Like, dude, like no shit. We're not saying Robert Haig's good. You know, we're just saying you know he puts Whoa, the body. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. According to some articles, and I don't want to say any names. Despite the score, the Flyers are trending in the right direction. Oh my God! Wait, who said this? Well, actually, AV said that a couple of a couple of games ago. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> After like a loss, he's like, "Well, well there were some ass facets of the game where I liked how they played, more trending in the right direction." And, then and a his, couple the of team came out and proved that right, huh? What a bunch yeah. of what a, couple a bunch people of assholes, man! Up. And I was like, uh, "Yeah, I don't know about that. I think they uh, are trending in the wrong direction, and we're getting lucky with wins." And that's now just, the, the that's how come off. That's how we all felt from the beginning of the season when they were, yes, you know, top two of the division, top three. And we were like, yeah, but they really playing. don't deserve to win any of these games. And the only reason they were winning was because of Brian Elliott and fucking Carter Hart. And now that Brian Elliott and Carter Hart are literally proving to not be invincible. It's fucking Brian Elliott and Carter Hart's fault. I'm like, what the fuck is going on right now? Yeah, that was the one thing I did like about last night because you know how I defend Carter Hart to the ends of the earth. And I was finally like, all right, he does need to play better. I think his confidence is shit right now because of the defense. But, you know, Elliot playing behind that same defense, you saw what happened. The Rangers, they hung him out to dry. So it's not the goaltending, it's the defense. Could they be better? Sure. Who couldn't? It's the defense. It's so freaking obvious. Stop ask- talking about anything else. It's the defense. As a goalie in the NHL, could you imagine every single play going, this could be a three-on-one, this could be a two-on-oh, this could be a breakaway, This and then having to put yourself mentally in, I have to stop this three-on-one, I have to stop this two-on-oh, I have to stop this two-on-one. Every freaking shift, like... How are you supposed to ever get comfortable if you're constantly thinking about having this bail out your shit fucking defense? Hey, Sorry, I, I don't. Am I even allowed to curse on this? Because I have uh, blown out the censorship. I think we're shit. way past that. <laughs> I, did, I, did. <laughs> I think they're at the point now where they're like, "Hey, it's a two on one. At least it's not a three on one. You know, hey, it's a you know, it's not. At least it's not a breakaway. You know, and those come later anyway. Like I think they." Their confidence with the players playing in front of them is so bad right now 
that they don't know. Like they're out of what they've done for years. They don't, they're guessing. They're completely guessing because what do you do at this point? You know, only Dominic Hoshik would have a clue at what to do in this situation. And he's like the best goalie ever played. So, you know what pissed me off yesterday? Um, uh, despite, I mean, aside from the nine, nine nothing loss, <laughs> what what really pissed me off is the second we went down to three nothing. Um, they stopped even like trying to get through the neutral zone. It was back to just dump the puck out, just dump it down. Like, where? What fucking play in the NHL? could possibly develop out of that outside of having Connor McDavid, who's going to beat everybody to the puck regardless. I don't know what went wrong, man. They made it look so easy last year. It was always one, two, boom, out of the zone, through the neutral zone, into the other, into the other. Uh, and it wasn't just Matt game. Niskanen. Right. I, I don't know what the hell happened. Yeah, no, I, that's why I told you, but the biggest anomaly for me hasn't been Provorov because he was the one playing with Niskanen. Ghost didn't even play last year. Braun, we can see, has literally aged 10 years. Hag is Hag. So it's it's Myers and Sandheim. They were good last year, and this year it's like, what the fuck happened? Like, I don't understand. Like, it's unbelievable. A minus six, they were like, for the first, when the game was still somewhat in reach and playable, even in the most ridiculous, you know, five nothing, they were the responsible for all those goals. Only when it became like seven, eight, nine nothing was it like other people getting involved. And it was kind of like, like what, what happened with these guys? Myers barely standing in the lineup. Uh, Sandheim doing ice angels like he was McDonald. Like I, I just, I don't know what happened from last year to this year with those two guys. To take four steps back is just, it's mind-boggling. It's a little bit concerning as well. And the systems. What is going on with the system play of the Philadelphia Flyers? You can't, you can't keep telling me that these guys aren't doing what they're told to do unless they're done playing for their coach in the second year when last year led to success. It doesn't make sense. I don't get it. I'm really, I really am lost. Cause I figured I, you know, the whole playoff thing, I figured, okay, it was a fluke COVID blah, blah, blah. All the excuses in the world figure they come out this year. They're used to things with no fans. They'd get their shit together 10, 15, even 20 games in, figure out whatever the system is. And it's, they just haven't. They look worse and worse. And yet, if you bring up uh, Brandon uh, Beringer, he says, uh, hard to critique the Flyers tonight. Hope uh, we're enjoying the game as much as he is after a heartbreaking night yesterday. Um, I mean, I am. Don't get me wrong. It's They're up 3 nothing against one of the best-playing teams in the league right now. Um I don't think this is the Flyers team we're seeing tonight that we're going to see for the rest of the season. That's my problem. Yeah, or even the next Islanders game. When <laughs> when, when we play the Islanders, what is On it, Saturday? 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 And they blow us out 6 nothing, and then come talk to me, please. Yeah, and that's what I'm worried about. I, I, we know they're going to revert back to their bullshit, and that's what we're concerned about. Even if they added Ekholm, I still think that we would see a lot of instances in games where they revert back to that. And that's what I'm nervous about. <laughs> like That's why I, I say just scrap the fucking team at this point. Start fucking being sellers. Start getting rid of some guys, clearing up some cap space, and make some fucking moves in the offseason. Build the fucking team. Build a team that you want because this isn't it, and this is the team that we've been dealing with now for, what, the better part of at least five years? 
Yeah, maybe even longer, same, man. So- same problems five years in a row now. It's just like, oh, man, they have one half a good season and then fall apart. And then they have – they just fall apart. The, the wheels fall off right away into the next season. And it just never – nobody ever fucking screws them back on. It's just uh, like, huh? We watched them waste Claude Giroux's career. So I'm hoping that we can realize that we need to put a good team around guys like Farabee and Hart. I'm going to say it. I know he's had a rough season with Hart. We need to put a real defense around this guy. Proveroff to a degree. What's left of Couturier's career, you know, he's got time, but you get my point. You know, like we need to start trading picks for real players. Enough drafting. We have enough prospects. Start trading some prospects realistically. You know, like let's let's go here. Like I'm, I'd be okay if they punted on the season because they kind of did in the offseason anyway. You know, and I mean, if they want to ride it out a little bit longer and see if they can change the narrative, by all means. But as a closer, we, I think the trade deadline is like April 12th. Like, that's less than a month away. You know, like, they got to make a decision on what they're going to do. So if they continue to sink, say, okay, they went tonight. Say they went tonight, knock on wood. Uh, if they can keep that up, great. I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think you guys think they're going to do that, especially against playing. They don't have six games against Buffalo coming up. So, like, they're, if they can prove the narrative that they can beat Boston and Pittsburgh and, you know, more Islanders, again, I guess if they can do that on Saturday and make me a believer. But I don't see that happening. And Washington, if they can beat Washington, maybe we're having a different tune here. I don't see that happening before the trade deadline. And they got to make a decision whether they want to sell some pieces and build towards next year or they want to go for something this year. I, I don't know. I think they're going to revert back to their bullshit. They're going to not get blown out 9 nothing. But I think they're going to lose some, you know, three two. Oh, they almost had them, but still lose. Yeah. So even they analytics almost, people, they, they almost had them. But that's that's the funny part because even in the three two games, you look at the like the box score, and it's like the Flyers had fifteen shots and two goals in the first period, and then had five shots for the rest of the game, and it's like, uh... <laughs> or dude, even when they win, it feels like they lost. It's it's the most boring hockey that i've ever seen well, I, I would rather watch the 0607 team because at least they had young guys that were actually good you know and fighters it was at and, least yeah. entertaining dude, was at least entertaining Riley like, Cousy this, played for that yeah. fucking team at least it was fun like this is you, pitiful you, man yeah if you're gonna suck at least entertain me at least act like you care if you get blown out by the rangers yeah. and you just don't care you don't care in the second period you don't care in the third period then why am i turning on the game because i no longer give a shit because you don't give a shit the whole thing about hockey is is i feel emotionally vested in the team because the team's emotionally vested in the team in winning when it's clear as day that they're not emotionally vested in winning or playing hard or doing anything for that matter then I have no reason to fucking want to watch this shit. Like, I'm just going to be a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Fuck it. (laughs) You know what it all comes back to? It all comes back to Claude Giroux getting married and having a kid. (laughs) Yeah, and then this year, Konechny has a kid, and he sucks. Oh, my God. Coots had a kid. Who, uh, dude, I'm Wentz had a kid. Look where he is now. Got married, had a kid. Gets traded (laughs) to the Colts. They become softies. They just they see the world in a different way. No, so this is and this is a real thing. So like if if everybody yeah, watching, but JBR you know, has a fucking kid and becomes a superstar. Yeah. So yeah. Like- <laughs> the exception that proves the rule. Oh, he bucked the trend. Oh, I'm there. Just said the same thing. 
you're, your focus kind of changes a little bit, you know, it's like, uh, you know, let me take care of my home, my kid, you know, hockey second, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if some of these older guys, the way that they just kind of are rubs off on the other guys. It's like, yeah, you know, we, we made it, we're making our money. We're playing a game for a living. What the hell do you really care about winning a Stanley cup for, you know, like Voracek's famous in the Czech Republic or whatever the hell it is now. I don't know. He's, he's on Twitter nonstop blocking everybody. He's a mental midget, number one, inconsistent. And this guy's, a, he's, uh, you know, he's wearing an A on his jersey. He's a voice in that locker room. Yeah, what he's does a that guy show that people you? like you. You can't have that on your team. You can't have him being a you know a guy like that being a voice, and he's here for another four or five years. Can you sure see Wardbeck gr- as that guy where the team is like like a like a young Farabee is like, man, what this the hell we do tonight? What was that? And Vortex's like, dude, you get paid today? Did you cash a check? Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> keep your head down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't know for a fact. I just a vibe I get. I, they need some the bad guys forever, in that room, man. Done this shit forever. So, you know, put two and two together. Meanwhile, Vor- or Giroux has been on teams that have done something, at least in the beginning of his career. I mean, yeah, I, I always thought Giroux was phenomenal and Voracek was never a good enough Robin to the Batman that is Giroux. And that's the one of the biggest issues with the team. Maybe the problem is that there are too many good guys in that room. They need some assholes in there to stir shit up. They need some guys to say, yo, we can't accept this. You're a bitch. You're a bitch. You you know what I mean? Like they just need (laughs) someone to start calling guys out. Like you can't have all these like, okay, if you're a good guy in real life, that's great. That's awesome. But you need a guy to kind of, you know, ruffle some feathers a little bit. You know, you're playing like a bitch, dude. You know, like you make $9 million to play like a bitch. Is that what's, you know what I mean? Who gives a shit? Who's one at the top level that knows how to play? I mean, perfect. <laughs> yeah, somebody who can just be listen. Honest, it, it, it catapulted a team like the Flyers with Richards and Carter when they brought in Pronger. That got them to the promised land. Like his first year there, they went to the Cup. You know what I mean? I mean, that's a thing. I believe in that. They need mm. that. That's exactly what they need. Yeah, they need a bad cop. They got too many good cops, man. And and AV, I I don't think you know as good of a coach as I think he is. And I thought he could come in and provide some of that presence. I don't know if you want your, your coach to be the bad cop, you know? So, uh, I don't, I mean, I don't know where they're going to find these players. The only players that grow on trees is Shane Goss's bear, apparently. So, uh, you know, Dom mentioned earlier, one of our, our listeners here commented that, you know, the Ekholm trade will be more of a patch. I see it as more of a building block, but they're also, you know, they need to sprinkle in some other pieces if they're, you know, going to be a oh, true contending team. That's all they yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, no, they're far from done. Yeah, so we're coming up a little bit over an hour here. The third period of the Flyers Islanders is going to start shortly. We would like to <laughs> okay, watch I'm going that. To bed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Flyers are up three nothing. Hopefully, we're back. <laughs> oh boy, with a period to go. Hold yeah. your breath, everybody. <laughs> Hopefully we're back next week talking about a win. Boys, you guys have put out a, a lot of content this week and last week. Jack, why don't we start out with your Full Circle show, which came out, I think it came out a little bit late this week. What did it come out? Wednesday? Wednesday morning? Yeah, because somebody was in Florida. <laughs> my um, yeah, Full Circle this week. It was a fun episode. We talked about a lot of trade rumors, what's going on in the uh, the Mass Mutual with flyers dropping like a stone and everybody else trending upwards. Um, uh, 
Yeah, that and our, a lot of our concerns, which is funny because we recorded that on Sunday, and sure enough, you saw what happened this week. So, yeah, yeah. well, it'll be fun to listen to now a retrospect and uh, see how the teams perform. So, uh, yeah, check it, check that one out. Yep, definitely check it out, guys. Kyle, you had a, a bunch of guests on the Sheriff lately. Why don't uh, you tell us about some of those episodes? Yeah, so we just dropped uh, Shane Corson. Um, I think I dropped it this morning, actually. Um, but next week we got Cam Jansen's on. Uh, later on this month we got the Don Don Cherry is coming on. Holy shit, Don Cherry! <laughs> yeah, man. We got Andrew Peters coming on, and uh, we're just rolling. We're rolling as much as we can. Yeah, you guys definitely are. Make sure you check out the sheriff. Go follow him on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. And that's oh, and I forgot. One more thing. We had Michael uh, or Mike Futo on as well, who's the the uh, assistant GM in LA. He helped build those teams, and I had to give him a shout out because next year he's going to be bringing us out to a game sometime. So maybe you Damn. can uh, ask him for some tips and pointers that you can relay to Chuck Fletcher uh, about building a franchise. <laughs> I just but, hope he uh, replaces them at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Let's go have some fun. Watch that third period. And thank you for hanging out with us, everyone that hung out in the chat. Again, check out hwhockey.net. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, or the full press coverage app. We'll be back next, we'll be back next week, guys. Thank you. <laughs> that's the thing about the lives. You can't edit when you fuck up.